Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. I'm here. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good things, so Craig, be good. I'm always good. But um, this week, my good thing is a little different than, than my usual. Uh, it's a documentary about a Smash Melee player called Hungry Boss. Now, as you guys know, I play some Smash, but I'm super casual. I don't watch the tournament scene. I actually haven't played Melee in ages because I'm... I play uh, the latest Alt Smash Ultimate at work, but uh, you know, I just this this documentary like it popped up on my feed. I'm like, all right, this this is gonna be pretty stupid. Let let's watch it, and then it's actually really compelling. Like if you, I know nothing about the tournament scene, and I really enjoyed watching the video. So, uh, it's called Never Ever. Will they be another melee player like Hungry Box? It's part of the Never Ever series. He does one on like SpongeBob SquarePants, and there's something about a NASCAR driver or something. Never ever will SpongeBob but SquarePants. This be one is a full blown hour and a half documentary, but it is super interesting to watch. It's by Emp Lemon. I have linked it in our Discord under Good Things if you want to watch it. Um, I do recommend just pop it up on the background and you'll see what you think. It's pretty cool. And then I learned stuff about the tournament scene that I had no idea about. Really good. Cool. Uh, Dave, what you got? Oh, man, I have such a good, good thing, guys. My good thing this week is pork roll. And if you're not from Pennsylvania or the surrounding areas, you might not know what pork roll is. And I pity you. You see, pork roll is, it's kind of, it's like a lunch beat. But what it is, it's like, it's really hard to put into words if you're not from the East Coast. Uh, It's like, (laughs) if you were to take, Listen, if you were to take ham, combine it with bacon, and then turn it into some kind of salami, that's that would be pork roll. It's so good, you guys. You turn it into some sort of pig. Yeah, like it's, it's a like if ham and bacon got together and had a baby salami, that baby would be pork roll. It's one of the most delicious uh, invented meats there is. And, and where does one acquire this pork roll? Philadelphia area. Mostly, I wonder so if like Eastern on Pennsylvania, maybe Eastern Pennsylvania, possibly probably all over Pennsylvania, and maybe like New Jersey. I actually, I buy, I I buy it from Target in Delaware, so it's not exclusively Philadelphia, but I'm pretty close to Philly. There you go. I linked it in Good Things. Oh, I thought you linked Pork Roll. Oh no, you did. Oh, you can get Pork Roll on Amazon. Yeah, that's the that's the number one brand of Pork Roll, Taylor Pork Roll. It's a twelve pack for seventy two bucks. Oh my gosh! Eleven dollars shipping. It's like it's that packs like three dollars. Well, it's eleven. Okay, so this I guess it's eleven of those eight slice boxes. A single yeah, eight slice a, box. Lot, if you if you actually boxes. buy it in the Philly region, it's like that. That's like three dollars, and you're paying like <laughs> seven dollars for each. Yo, but they gotta ship the- it, man. And- <laughs> 
Look at this. Uh, look at this Amazon post. Perfect for making those famous New Jersey Shore boardwalk pork roll sandwiches, and great gift for former Philadelphians. Yeah, if you happen to be in the Philadelphia area, and Philadelphia areas like New Jersey, Southern Jersey at least, and Delaware, or surrounding suburbs of Philadelphia, you can get it pretty easily, and it's it's pretty cheap. It's just lunch meat price stuff, and or if you go to like a, a hoagie shop or something, do you even know what a hoagie is? Oh my gosh. Um, they probably don't. <laughs> um, yes, I know what a hoagie is. Okay. That's those things that you can like... get. No, you can get those from the food trucks that are at the state fair. Yeah, but if you go to the food trucks in Philly, they have pork roll. So there you go. Go to Philly. Or spend $80 on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's that expensive, but I guess they are potentially shipping it across the country. Great gifts for former Philadelphians. <laughs> Ideal package for splitting with a friend. Oh my goodness. But yeah, it's... I, I, I can't say that it's worth $70. But if you're ever around the East Coast, you can get it much cheaper. And it's definitely worth trying if you've never had it before. Cool. Um, I have never had that. And I mean, if I ever head up to the Philly area, I'll, I'll try to check it out. Yeah, I'll you expect you to remind me and, and like <laughs> take me somewhere for it if I do. If you, you actually get an opportunity, yeah, we we live within half an hour. But if you come to one of the gaming events that's in the D.C. area, you probably could get it in the D.C. area, maybe. Like, you might be able to find a spot that it has it. Or if, if I'm meeting you there, I'll bring you some. I mean, if I head to the Philly area, I'm planning on visiting both of you, I would assume. We ba- basically live next door to each other. Compared to, where, <laughs> compared to where Mike lives, Craig and I are next door neighbors. Uh, so my good thing this week, pork roll, yes, and also the 1990 live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles film. Uh, this thing is man, it's so good. Uh, so Jim Henson made the costumes and the like animatronic turtle heads for oh, really? basically nothing for this movie. Um, if you watch like the all three live-action movies, you'll notice that like. The costumes were amazing in the first one, and then just yep. got worse yep. as they continued. Um, that's yeah, funny because actually, right before you posted that, I had just uh, rewatched the Angry Video Game Nerd review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three Turtles it's in so Time bad. or something. But anyway, that was like an early, like one of the first twenty or so ABGN episodes. Uh, that was funny. I just happened to have rewatched that. Fel Knight just said in our Good Things channel, I believe the words you were looking for about live-action TMNT is a work of art. And it really is. So yeah, the costumes get significantly worse as the movies go on. Um, mostly because, you know, Jim Henson did this first movie. He didn't touch any of the other two. And he did it for practically nothing. Just because he wanted to. like Because he was a uh, fan. Yeah. Um, but or then, something. you know... He did it, so that was done, so why go back to that well? And yeah, the other two were their best attempts to recreate that without Jim Henson, you know, steering things. And the second movie had a way way bigger budget for that than the third. Um, And then, yeah, just, like, the way the movie is set up is also just absolutely brilliant. Just, like, the opening scene is April O'Neil reading a news story about, um, about this wave of thieves uh while you're getting shots of 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 these thefts happening so like there's one where there's a delivery driver 
you know, grabs a box from the back of a truck. You can see into the truck, and it's, like, full of boxes. And the sure sh- it was the mist. <laughs> Dude, as a kid, I memorized the whole entire Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. I don't remember it anymore, unfortunately, but I loved that movie as a kid. I watched the heck out of it. And yeah, it, I, I think it a still big holds panel, up. Like, the other two, not so much, but the first one's still re- a really it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Cool. I was in the middle of a sentence there. Thanks, guys. You're reinforcing The you. mist stole your story flow. And okay. Tori, what's your good thing? <laughs> no, you were saying there was a there was a, a truck with delivery boxes and... The, continue. I guess we'll all just be in suspense. Tori, what's your good thing? <sighs> well, it's not Mike being a drama queen, I'll tell you that. <sighs> My good thing is that I finished the garage renovation that I was telling you guys about last week, and my husband got home from his trip, and he loved it. It looks really good. Yeah, I, I feel really proud about it, because I had to learn how to use tools and make stuff myself. I, I made a pallet bar, and then I made a bottle cap inlay bar top to go on the pallet bar, and I I hung art on the walls, and I painted shelves, and yeah, I made stuff, and I was really crafty, and and Matt really liked it, and hey. he's giving me the thumbs up right now. GG. So that's my good thing. And if you're interested in seeing that, Tori did post pictures in our Discord. Yes, so. pictures on the Discord. Uh, I think I put them in general discussion, and uh, there's there's even some. Before pictures, so you can see how horrible it was before I started. There's a very cool bottle cap bar top that that there's like a before and after of that I really enjoyed. I like all your car batteries. There's so many of those. And, oh, every time, because on the workbench, I uh, was organizing all of the like the hardware uh, in these little storage bins. And every time I opened a box and I found another box of screws, I was like, for the love of God, how many of these do we need? There were like deck screws and wood screws and, you know, screws that were two inches long and screws that were only one inch long and screws that were machine screws. And there were Phillips and Flathead and the star bit. And it was so many. Oh, my gosh. The long ones are called lag bolts. No, there were some of those too. That or it, lag screws, depending no, it, on it, if it's it said lag screws on the box. Like, no, because they're all still in the boxes and they all have different descriptions. And it's like, what am I <laughs> supposed to do with these? They're not going to fit anywhere. Ah. Oh, man. I posted this picture of Sean Krasinski and there was a reason. <laughs> we're going to find out. All right. So, Dave, you read three chapters of a book this week, right? Yes, future Mike. I have read chapters one, two, and three of Brandon Sanderson's Sunday Times best-selling author, The Way of Kings, The Stormlight Archive, book one, part one. The Stormlight Archive is epic in every sense, says The Guardian. Wait, wait, are these real? Like, is this on your book? I read every single word on the front cover of my <laughs> book this now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so were you prepared for this book to start with a prelude, and then a prologue, and then a flashback? It's not a flashback. Yes, it's it happening is. in real time, and then in part one, it's five years later. That's not that's not a flashback. That's a it, this happened and no, that's five the years prologue. Later. The flashback is chapter one. Okay, but then 
chapter two says eight months later. Indeed, it's not it a does. Flashback. Yes, it is. No, it's happening. No, it's not a flashback. Yeah, I think it's just time compression. I also, I I see what Dave's saying, and I I agree that it's not a flashback. Whatever. In the all the of. all the characters you get to know and love in chapter one aren't in chapter two. <laughs> one of them is. One of them is true. All right. So what happened in chapter one? Part one, above silence, Kaladin Schmaladin. The reason I, I think it says it's something like that. And I had to hit. It says Kaladin Shalon or something. So I just wrote Kaladin Schmaladin. I wonder if he's a paladin. All right. Chapter one is titled Stormblessed. And I do believe this is the first book we're covering that has titles for chapters. We had titles in, in the Mistborn trilogy. We had titles at the beginning of each part, but not each individual chapter, I believe. And the, it had different uh, symbols for the different metals. And Elantris has had the different runes. Uh, gosh, I think um, Rhythmatist has different like chalkings, chalklings or something as chapter headings. And also, I just finished reading uh, the second book of the Legion series, and that has a progressive ink blot as chapter heading. This is the first time I've actually seen Brandon use for reels with words chapter title, and chapter one is called Stormblood. Five years later, Sen, full beard, delet, dark eyed, and light eyes, <laughs> Kaladin the Stormblood. There's that fierce print again. Hand wash skip. I think if they only lost one man, they would remember who it was. Hey, I remember King Gavilar from the prologue. Why do they even have shields? Real soldiers are in the Shattered Plains. Consummate V formation. Kremlin? What is this, Donkey Kong Country? Sen gets separated and almost dies, but then he doesn't. Kaladin wants to take down Halal's officer. Kaladin bribes the corpse retrieval team. Light Eyes is singular. Paint sprint or OJ flavored. Almighty <laughs> Shardbearer is here. So as Mike said, this uh, this chapter takes place a little pasty, and it's written from the perspective of a young soldier by the name of Sen, and he is in uh, was it a squad? He's in uh, the squad of a renowned soldier named Kaladin, and. You know, the guy who's kind of directly overseeing him is an older dude named Dalit, and he has a full beard, not a half beard. I, I love that. Full on full beard. That's so a double half beard. <laughs> double half beard. It's just really, really thick on one side of his face. And uh, we learned the term dark eyed and light eyes, and I guess this is just indi in indicating some sort of caste system. They're not separate races. I think just the higher born, the noble are called light eyes and they have uh the distinguishing physical characteristic of have having brighter eyes then there's this guy kaladin and they say he's storm blessed he's the leader of this squad and there's a fierce friend you saw a fierce friend in the prelude or prologue i forget which and there there it is it's like a little fungus uh that would have uh, been the prologue when zeth was whatever. i want to say in the hallway with the guards it happened a long time ago uh, and then we get the hand wash skip. Shout outs to Leah Doc. Oh man. Hey, real quick. Yeah. It happened a long time ago. Gonna come up a lot. Fierce Bren? The phrase, it happened a long time ago, being relevant <laughs> to things in this book. <laughs> okay. I mean, it is called 
the Stormlight Archive. Yep, it sure is. Uh, okay, so uh, Sen, is, Sen what is it? I forget if it's Dalit or Kaladin that's like, Sen, did you pee yet? And he's like, I didn't have to pee. And he's like, pee right now or else you're going to wet yourself and die. And uh, then... That was Dalit. Kaladin hadn't showed Dalit. up yet at that point. Okay. They were talking about Kaladin. That's why the bullet point precedes hand wash skip. And he gets a hand wash skip, so world record, I guess. <laughs> uh, that's speedrunner terminology for when you have to take a break in the middle of your run. Um, I, I, I neither condone nor condemn the hand wash skip. I'm merely passing on the information for those who aren't aware of the reference. Uh, and then there's this other soldier who's like, oh, man, what, we only lost only one person died last time we were in a battle. I forget his name. And I'm like, bull crap. Uh, at least in the U.S. Army, a squad generally refers to a group of four to ten soldiers, even if it's like 50. And one of them died. You would remember that guy. Come on. Come on. You should know that who that guy is. The one guy that died ever in your squad. So I really There's like this Sen kid, and I hope we stick with him for the whole book, because he's really interesting, and I want to learn more. He's okay. He he does get his moment in this chapter. But then there's some mention of King Gavilar. I don't know. I think that's the guy what died. Uh, so they've got these shields, but they don't use them because they're in the front line, and the archers are mainly focusing towards the central part of the army, so people on the front don't really want to be weighed down by their shields, so they have them strapped to their back, and they're in this consummate v formation and there's a lot of like really cool military detail in this chapter that isn't really plot relevant so i'm not gonna go into it a ton and then there's this word kremling with a c c-r-e-m-l-i-n-g and i thought it maybe was just a word that i didn't know and so i looked it up and it said something about um about brandon sanderson so i immediately closed it but anyway, Kremlings are the bad guys from Donkey Kong Country, and they're like little crabs in this book, something like that. They're like little crabs or little turtles or frogs or something, I don't know. Uh, and oftentimes it's used as an insult, according to the Google search. Anyway, Sen gets separated from the rest of the group, and he sees a bunch of dying dudes, and he's like, well, I'm not going to try to run, that would be pointless, so I'm going to try to stand my ground. And he gets stabbed in the thigh, and he's about to die. But then uh, Kaladin and Daladin, I think the rest, I think everybody in his squad shows up and they, they save him. And oh, it is Kaladin because Kaladin's really good at bandaging up the wound. And so Kaladin has done all he could to make sure the people under his care are surviving. He even bribes the corpse retrieval team or like the, the medical retrieval team that gets the wounded off of the battlefield. Uh, and he, apparent, we're told that he chose, uh, Sen to be part of his squad because he likes to, he likes to find younger soldiers and bring them under his protection. That's, that's what we're told. So Kaladin sees this, uh, Light Eyes commander or something, some, some higher ranking official in the enemy army, and he goes after him to kill him, and then, a shard bearer shows up, and uh, we're not told exactly what happens at that point. That's when the chapter ends, as soon as the shard bearer shows up, and that's the end of chapter one. Oh, and pain sprainer OJ flavored. Uh, all right. So, what's what's your what are your thoughts at this point on chapter one? Like, 
At this point, I was thinking that maybe the shard bearer was actually just like their commander who is coming to like scold them, but that doesn't seem to be the case when we uh, read on in chapter two. But at, this, at that point, and then I was also thinking about the spren, which seemed to be like these little kind of like fungus that feed on different emotions. Uh, there are other spren that aren't associated with emotions that we learn about later on, but up to this point. Oh, I was also thinking that perhaps um, Kaladin actually chose Sen because maybe maybe not everybody can see the spren. Maybe there's like a special type of person that can see spren, and that's why Kaladin chose Sen because Sen sees the spren. Uh, do you have a good mental image? Do you think of like what this world looks like, or if no. not the world, then like this battlefield maybe? No. Okay. Is this a regular medieval type battlefield? <laughs> So this was uh this is supposedly just a minor border dispute and this is where like this is basically where they sent the scrubs because it wasn't really an important conflict. So that, first of all they weren't expecting a shard bearer to show up because why waste them on a minor border dispute like this? And also Kaladin is trying to get promoted to the something planes, the shattered like, planes, the shattered planes, which, which I'm sure won't come up planes. again ever. It's the title of chapter four. I've already seen that. <laughs> Dave, stop looking ahead. It was side by side with the page I finished <laughs> on. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Tell me about chapter two. Chapter two, honor is dead. And that's the end of chapter two. Yay. Uh, chapter two, eight months later, slave Kaladin, wind sprint, brown hunger sprint, learn to survive. Now, where have I heard that before? Kaladin killed a light eyes, but he did not shoot the deputy. Uh, Alright, hold up, hold up. Craig, say the name that Dave just said to the best of your knowledge of how it's actually pronounced. Oh lord. Tiv And Tori, bring us home. The audiobook pronounces it Tablaka. That was close. I'm gonna have to go with Tablaka. (laughs) <laughs> been looking forward to this for about two books now. <laughs> All right, please continue. All right, so I'm gonna. There's a little break here, so I'm gonna start here. Eight months later, after this little battlefield, we find that Kaladin has been thrown into slavery, and he's got a couple of brands on his forehead and a new brand that uh, labels him as dangerous. And he sees these little wind spren floating around. So I guess spren aren't exclusively associated with emotions or anything like that. But there is also a hunger spren. So most of them, or some of them seem to be. And now Kaladin is just kind of like trying to survive on the slave trail here. He's being traded and doesn't really know what's up from next season. Tried to escape a few times, but since he's branded, he always gets thrown back into slavery. And the name of the uh, of the guy driving the slave caravan is Flakov. And we get a slight recollection of the battlefield and how Kaladin killed a light eyes. And that was kind of the last thing that he remembered. And he presumes that uh, his other soldiers have died when the uh, when the shard bear came down upon them all right so now we have the next part of chapter two hours later red rot spren how many sprens are there towns scar kaladin's good thing this week is crunchy leaves (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. <laughs> the secret world of Airy Etty. Believe it or not, she's walking on air. Please leave a message at the beep. Phelan, <laughs> Phelan have long white eyebrows that give them Reed Richards hair. And there you have it. That's why I was looking up pictures of Reed Richards. So the slave master, it's Falcon. He's a uh, Phelan, and they've got these long white eyebrows that he styles by combing it into his, the hair behind his ears. So he's got these like random white streaks in his Wait. hair behind his ears. So he looks like Reed Richards. Side note. If you guys ever played uh, The Legend of Mystical Ninja on Super Nintendo, plus there's like sequels on all the consoles, the yes. one dude has a mustache that ties into his hair. It's weird. Oh, I'm going to look it up. Do you know what these eyebrows actually reminded me of? They reminded me of elves from World of Warcraft, the night elves and the blood elves. They've just got these super duper long eyebrows, which is why the Draenei are the hottest race in World of Warcraft, because I can't get over them eyebrows. No. Yeah. So the one dude he's describing the eyebrows accurately. So I don't. I don't know what you're saying. No about. (laughs) Is he supposed to be wearing a hat? Did I get this wrong? All right. We're uh, we're still going here. Okay. So it's good thing is crunchy leaves. Sorry. Then I got Phelan have long white eyebrows that give them Reed Richards hair. Gee, thanks, Dad. Flemsprin. Wow. Kaladin sucks at saving people and leaving people. All right, so we pick up the rest of Chapter 2 here, hours later, after his recollection of having killed the Light Eyes in Army. Uh, we have uh, Red Rot Spren. So there's a lot of different Sprens, um, I guess. And then they also mentioned Taln's Scar. That's a red constellation up in the sky. And you'll remember Taln was uh, the Oathbringer or Oathcatcher or whatever that they kind of abandoned back in the pre-pre-prelog. Lewd. and Kaladin's good thing this week is crunchy leaves. So he's got this uh he's got this special I forget what the name of the plant is, but he's got this special plant Blackbane. Blackbane? Okay. Yeah. So he's he's wait he g- grabbed these Blackbane leaves and he's waiting for them to get real crunchy and hard so they kinda like crystallize and he can use it as a little dagger and stab the slave master with it. Um uh, I don't think that's quite it, but sure. He said he was going to use it as a weapon. I can't think of how else you would use a leaf as a weapon. Unless you were playing Breath of the Wild and you, like, used the leaf to blow a bomb over at somebody. Wait, are you serious? Is this serious? Okay, sure. That's 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 what we're going to go with. <laughs> or, you know, it's poisonous. I don't know. There we go. But I hope he's wearing a shirt underneath his belt if it's in direct contact with him. Although it might only be poisonous by ingestion, which is how he's planning on sneaking it to Falcon. And that's why his good thing this week is Crunchy Leaves. And then we have the secret world of Eri Eti. Uh, we have a, an, a be- the best character in the book so far, a little windspring who, if she has a name, we don't know it yet. So I just call her Eri Eti. And she's really curious and adorable and the best thing about this book so far and she's like Kaladin you used to fight why don't we fight anymore and Kaladin's like how do you know my name when Sprinter's stupid and she's like that leaf's cool what's with that leaf and she's like really curious and she's the best uh, and she's walking on air hence the greatest American hero slash George Costanza reference and then we got talked about the Phelan having the long eyebrows already oh and then also Kaladin is remembering how his dad used to teach him how to not die to coughing. 
and how to not die to coughing. Uh, yeah. That's that's going in episode or quotes from episodes. <laughs> China then, really needs that right now. I mean, the answer is drink water with a little bit of sugar if you got some handy. And we also see these phlegm spren, those little, they're these like little gross green globlets coming out of uh, one of the slaves that's having a coughing fit. And Kaladin is trying to help out this guy, and he's like, tells the this the slave master who's at this point doling out the water rations to the slaves. He's like, give him a little extra water for a few days, he'll heal up in no time. And Falkov's like, good point. And pulls coffee dude out of line and executes him. He's like, I just saved y'all's lives. It could have been infectious. And Kaladin is like. Come on, dude. He wasn't infectious. He was already past the infectious point, and I told you you could have saved his life. And it just turns out that Kaladin sucks at saving people and also leaving people because he forgot he dropped the leaf, so he can't even poison Falk if get him back for killing Coffee Dude. So Kaladin is the stay hydrated bot. <laughs> Kaladin is stay hydrated. Yep, and that's the end of chapter two. Does anyone else love the fact that Dave keeps saying to Vlokov as much as possible? Because he's actually I, saying it pretty well. I really, really love the fact that he's just saying that name as often as possible, and it's great. Not more than necessary. Say to Vlokov. No. It's false. <laughs> <Foiled>. <laughs> All right. Tell me about Chapter 3. Chapter 3. City of Bells. Eight Sky Eels Later. Sky eels are like sandworms, but smaller. Sky eels eat fish and crabs. That sky eel needs a big beefy arm. Where do sky eels come from? <laughs> are they friends with the windspread? I want a pet sky eel. And that's the end of chapter three. Any questions? Two Trogdor references in one episode. Dave, you've got a new high score. Tell me more about <laughs> these sky eels. I did say consummate bees, didn't I? But it you wasn't did. the first time and- I said consummate bees on this podcast. Oh, we know. That was in, I, I made it, it was in reference to the typeface that Brandon uh, uses to refer no, no, to it. It was also in reference to the terrorist robes. Yeah, the terrorist robe, the V, because he's got like the V robes and the typeface is different on the letter V in the first two books compared to the third book, where it's just between the first and second book, I forget. But yeah, it was just, it was weird to me that he changed the typeface on the V. Well, the original one was weird. Maybe that's why he went to a normal V. Alright, chapter, that was, that was all the, uh, exposition of the, um, art page that was right before the beginning of chapter three. So chapter three proper. Who is Shalon? Is she a sky eel? Carbrant, city of bells. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say this one. <laughs> Alright, let's start over. Cut that out, Mike. Who I'm is not Shalon? gonna do that. Who is Shalon? Is she a sky eel? Carbrant, city of bells. The bells ought to be careful which way they face when they tinkle in the wind. Oh. Tazbek and Ashil. Where in the world is Yasna Colin Diego? Why are the Thalines so fond of mashing letters together without proper vowels? Harshman slaves, eh? Draw me like one of your sky eels. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the rickshaw? I ordered a palanquin. Long way or short way? The currency in this world is marbles, but I'm going to pretend they're pogs. Time to meet the princess. 
Gee, thanks, Dad. All right, so chapter three, we learn about Shalon, who's a, a, a nobleman's daughter um, in a collapsing house, and we later find out her dad also is dead and owes a lot of money. That's the G, thanks, Dad. Is he, uh, is it his children's inheritance was a lot of debt and possibly death threats. And Shalon is in the in Carbranth, city of bells, and it's there's some line about the bells tinkling in the wind, and I just you know I I think that there are better places to tinkle than in the wind. So uh, there is a sailor named Tazbek and his wife Ashlev, which I thought actually said Ashley, but the bottom of the Y got cut off, but it's Ashlev, and so we uh. Shalan is here to meet Princess Yasna Kolin, and Yasna is actually the king's sister, so she's like aunt. She's like princess aunt, aunt princess, not to be confused with Queen Ants. Um, and they got the failings. They suck at spelling their names. And there's just a quick mention of Parchman slaves. And Wait, what, what if we're really bad at our names and? They're really good at me. I mean, you got a point. There are 21 consonants and only five vowels. So why would you use so many vowels? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> talking about efficiency here. Actually, Tori was the one that studied international pronunciation supercode. So she could explain the difference between what a consonant and a vowel actually is and why there are so many vowels per consonant in the construction of most words. But um, she won't. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can explain, actually. Very short version, because I haven't looked it up recently, and I don't have any charts in front of me or anything, but the vowels are the noises that you make uh, without using the sides of your mouth at all. Just you're not using your lips, your tongue, your teeth. It it's all just in your throat. Say it out loud. Just give it a try. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that there you go. Me of an episode of Animaniacs. Thank you. <laughs> this is from the etiquette song. Practice good diction. Hey, where were we? Yeah, Bailing? carry on. No one <laughs> knows. Everyone's lost <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, parchment slaves. There's just a quick mention of how people are selling off parchment slaves, and that kind of caught my eye because we got a buddy who's a parchment slave right now. Uh, Kaladin is his name, and he's actually a Parshendi, who are like the the more intelligent parchment. But this could just be like Shalon and her racism because she's a noble woman. Uh, so she's drawing a picture of these sky eels, which are just, these creatures are just like kind of there. They're feeding on rats and crabs and fish and stuff and just curious why they're not afraid of people. They're about six or seven feet long, not quite as big as sandworm. Yeah, man. Quick question. You got the physical copy of the book, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So she's taking a, she's taking a rickshaw, basically. They don't use the word rickshaw, but it's described as such. And she wanted a palanquin. And the driver of the rickshaw says long way or short way. And I only wrote this down because I'm a stinking idiot. So when he said, ask her if she wants to go the long way or the short way, I literally thought he was referring to the orientation of the carriage. Like, what? <laughs> like did he want to pull like, her which way do you sit? long ways or like 
pull her sideways, like long way, so like sideways, so that she was like at her side as she was moving forward, or the short way, as in like straight forward. <laughs> but he was actually talking about different routes to get to her destination, and she opts not to go for the scenic route. Uh, and there's a cool dude, I forget his name, but he's one of the sailor buddies, and he helps her Yelp. out translation. Yelp. Yeah. And so we learn a little bit about the currency in this world. So the, it, there are these little glass balls, and inside each ball, they call them spheres, actually. Inside each glass sphere is a gem, and the gems that hold more stormlight are worth more. So diamonds are actually the smallest denomination because they don't hold that much stormlight. Uh, and there's all, they also have different sizes, so like the smallest size gem inside the glass sphere is, is one cent or whatever, and then they've got nickels and so forth. Uh, but anyway, I think it's emeralds actually hold the most stormlight, so those are the most valuable of the marbles. But I just want them to be pogs. You, Al <laughs> <laughs> Stack in pog form. <laughs> You're really close on that, and I can explain how it actually works if you'd like me to. Okay. Alright. Uh, so there are ten different gemstones that they use for money uh, inside these, these glass spheres. Marbles. Right. And uh, there are three different sizes uh, of them. So there are chips, which are the smallest, marks, which are the middle, and then bromes, which are the biggest. Right. But the actual glass spheres are all the same size. Only the size of the gemstone in the middle varies. Is that correct? Correct. And... Uh, it's not that different gemstones can hold more stormlight. It's the sizes that really determine that. Um, they're used for other things that I'm not going to go into yet because you haven't gotten that oh, far yet. Okay, no, th- this and is that determines their value. The emeralds, um, the emeralds stormlight can be used to create food. That's why they are worth them. Right. So, okay. That's what, that is mentioned in this chapter. Side note, you know, carrying around coins in our life is already annoying. Can you imagine having to carry around a bunch of spheres? That's why they need to convert to the pog. They do. They really do. Well, but it's Uh, described as only being as big as a thumbnail, so... Yeah, they're marbles. They're not actually that big. You've got a bag (laughs) of marbles. But they don't have any shooters. It it worse when you lose your marbles. (laughs) But it's more efficient. Like, just imagine having ten marbles versus having ten quarters. I would rather hold the ten quarters. Why don't they just put it on their credit card? Yeah, that's a good question. Can credit cards hold stormlight? So actually, the stormlight <laughs> itself—the stormlight itself isn't um, isn't the value. It's the ability to hold the stormlight. However, most of the currency has stormlight in it, so that they don't have to go the extra step to verify the the ore that's inside the marble. Right, because with you know colored glass, you could you could make fake spheres and just pretend that they are without stormlight at the moment Mm -hmm. and g thanks dad and she's getting ready to meet the princess and this character she's uh she's kind of like sarcastic and funny um when she feels the freedom to be so but she has had lots of training in her noble upbringing to act proper and she's getting ready to meet the princess and be her ward and uh, learn to be scholarly and learn about history and stuff. All right. Um, I really, really hope that you actually liked Shalon's wittiness because if you didn't, this is going to be a really long series for you. 
we're never gonna see her again so it doesn't matter yeah every character dies at the end of the chapter so far at least the prelude yeah just uh i really hope that that you're enjoying the humor because yeah i mean she's cool but windspring girl is still the best i hope she comes back all right just answer me this question does windspring girl have a name just yes or no yes Okay. And I can tell it to you, but you're going to learn it soonish, probably. Okay. I don't even remember when it happens. I just remember it being early. Yay. She, like, she, I bet she would be good friends with Nightblood. And I bet they would hate Zane together. Everybody hates Zane. Together. Oh my gosh. Someone in our voice chat just changed their name to Talk. Uh, that <laughs> happened a little bit ago. And yes, it's, uh, <laughs> Fel Knight has become Tvalkov. Tvalkov. Uh, Alright, I got nothing else. Anybody? Questions? Um, how cool was that, like, full-page Sky Eel scholarly drawing thing? Oh, that was really cool, and I guess we're under the presumption that Shalon actually... Is that her name? Shalon? Yes. Uh, we're under the impression that she actually drew that, so that's pretty cool, too. In fact, she did. Uh, In-universe, that is the page that, you know, we see her drawing in this chapter. With her cool. handwriting like a, in her notes. Like a that's mini why Ars Arcanum, right in the middle of the book. That's why I asked if you had a physical copy, because it's much easier to see that than the uh, e-book. So yeah, keep that in mind with uh, with the other things that you'll you'll get to see later. Um, cool. These are all these are all physical drawings that someone in universe did. Yeah, I we, I didn't talk about the chapter, the epigraphs. Uh, yet, yeah, I was actually just to about be... to ask you about that. Yeah, they seem to be records of people dying and their, like, final moments uh, as to who wrote them or if the people that they're talking about are significant. I don't know yet. Um, I can't really... I don't really uh, have enough information on any of the existing characters up to this point to, to guess if it was any of them. Like, I don't know, maybe Shalon after she starts learning history and stuff and she becomes more of a scholar. I don't know. Or maybe it's Kalad because he's always trying to save people. Well, I don't know. Kaladin? Yeah, Kaladin. Kalad was the Stormbreaker guy. Warbreaker guy. The dude with the Phantoms. Yep. Different people. Or are they? Bum, bum, bum. Tune in next week. Anything uh, else? Can we kick Dave off? Yeah, I think we've oh, gotten everything we need from you, Dave. Alrighty. Bye, Dave. Take care. So long. And Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. And go. Hi, all. How's it going? So, there's actually not all that much in these chapters. Nope. Except, like, character introductions. I am, as you pointed out in the spoiler discussion, Dave actually likes a character we're going to see a lot of. Yeah, this is this is a first in a while. Uh, I I want to say the last time it happened was with Mistborn 1 and Sazed. He likes Sazed, and he liked Puppy. We have those. And now we have Syl. Yay. Syl's so good. I do like Syl a lot. I mean, I like the combo Syl-Kaladin combination but you know i like sill on her as well i like how awkward sill is going to make any of kaladin's future relationships no mating i really look forward to that <laughs> uh, so good i feel so like 
I feel like the uh, the original Knights Radiant came probably came up with an idea of like summoning their weapon and leaving it in the other room. That really seems like the only solution. Maybe. Um. So I didn't really notice the chapter names too much, at least not the first time I read it. But of course, the name of chapter two is Honor's Dead, and we're gonna hear that line a number of times. Yeah. Um. Kaladin actually says that out loud or thinks it in chapter two. Yeah. Uh, however, his timing is way off. It's it means more than how he. Wait, no. Okay, what he said was Honor died eight months ago. Which, buddy, you are you are way off on your timeline. Yep. Yep. Well, when exactly did Honor die? A while ago. Like, did do we have any? indication we know it's been like what four thousand years from the uh prelude it's been 4500 years since the last desolation right and then so when did honor die either a bit before that or a bit after i'm kind of fuzzy on that one that's that's what i'm thinking uh to block slash fell knight is saying 1500 to 2000 years he thinks see so um death he left behind the visions of the possibility of the true desolation. So I'm very, very fuzzy on Father on the timeline for these books. Yeah. He died and splintered shortly after the recreant. Tanavas's cognitive shadow merged with Stormfather, along with a large portion of his remaining power. Well, okay, that's just what happened. Uh, the remaining power is sufficient to keep Odium, Odium, however you say it, bound to Roshar and the Oath Pack ongoing. So yeah, so it happens shortly after the recreant, which is the and final the recreants stuff. happened at some point after the yeah the last desolation, but exactly when is very fuzzy. So that's when the just as a recap for those of you listening, that's when the knights radiant abandoned their shard blades and shard plates and broke their oaths, which kills the sprint. For around two thousand years, the reason for the recreants remained unknown until it was rediscovered. In the, uh, I think that was an oath, Oathbringer during the True Desolation. So yeah, it's been about two thousand-ish years. I'm still not sure. I totally buy that explanation because I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure that that is enough to make that many people murder their friend that they're bonded with. Yeah, I. But th- no, no. What? The Recreants was when all of the Knights Radiant. Yes, but what are you? I think you're mi- mixing the cause and effect. They abandoned for some reason that which I because they accord from what we know it's because they heard about the actual origins of Voidbringer. That's what is the current thing that is told to us, but we don't know if that's actually true or if there's more to it, like you said. Okay, Craig. Yeah. You found out that your ancestors came to America and murdered everyone that was here before you, so now you live here and it's your country. Does this information make you want to kill your best friend? No, but and I'm also and not there's a my reasoning. They're they're a knight. They have sworn oaths. It's diff- I I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Yes, as Fell Knight slash Tivlock says, the knights radiant. Are we the baddies? So who knows? But yeah, that's apparently honor was killed sometime after that. And why would someone in Shardplate uh, be? showing up at a simple border dispute. So isn't that Shallan's brother? Indeed it is. And do you know why he's there? I don't remember. Uh, I believe he's there to murder Amaram as Who sort of his Skybreaker Sons initiation. Of 
Sons of Honor, right? Uh, he was trying to get into the Skybreakers. No, no, and... no, no. Amaran is a Son of Honor. Yes. And that's probably, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Although at that point, he may have been in with the Ghost Bloods, and that might have been why he was doing that. Mm, Man, there's sure. too many freaking um, We're gonna secret need societies. We're going to need for all of these societies and what their motives are, because I don't fully remember. Tori, I, really I think we need it. another diagram. Okay. But this I'll is a secret diagram. diagram. Yeah, we need a secret society diagram, and I think the Storm Wardens are in most of them. Um, so, so side thing, uh, I wonder when Dave's going to figure out what the heck Sprint are, because there's a lot of them. I mean, he got <laughs> yeah, really no close. <laughs> oh yeah, he's close enough. I mean, given the information he has, he basically nailed it. Yeah. Um, Although and Kremlin's then... super important, we do have Krem posting. Oh my gosh. Like and he kept saying things that are going to come up so many times, like Kaladin sucks at saving people, and... Feels bad, man. He can't even say his words because he sucks at saving... Like, he can't... He cannot admit to losing a person, which I believe is what his next... Was it his third words? Fourth? Third. He's He's done three. So his fourth set of words. He was about to say it, but he could not, because he cannot accept losing somebody. I, I think his fourth ideal is learning to let it go. Right. Yeah. But we don't know that for certain because he hasn't said it yet. It's true. It's going to be a super big deal if and when he does. Okay, so uh, other phrases that are going to come up a lot. He's that guy what died. And they're like little crabs in this book. I can't wait for him to see the grass because it's weird. And I don't think we, we really get a look at the grass until the intermission. I mean, we get to see normal grass during one of the later intermissions, but... Uh, well, that's I, what I mean, because we have to... You get someone looking at grass in Shinovar, and you're like, this is weird, when in reality, to us, the reader, the grass that happens to be around the world is weird. Uh, so I think after well, the first did. interlude episode, um, I'm going to break down sort of the structure of these books so that Dave kind of knows what to expect. I mean, I guess. In that they are you know, three different books sort of jammed together with several short stories in between them. Right. Uh, which it looks like... Is called Unity. Looks like we're about three, mm-hmm. uh, three weeks away from the first set of interludes. I gotta pay attention to these chapter names. They mean a lot more now. Chapter 12, which is the start of part two, is called Unity. It's about Adeline and Dalinar, but still. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, Although the, the topic of that chapter is Dalinar's visions telling him to unite them. so Yes. Well, but look, Honor is dead. It's because Kaladin's thinking Honor died eight months ago. But it actually means something much more. Why can't Unity also mean something much more? Oh, man, I gotta really reread Oathbringer. Right. <laughs> Brando is hiding a bunch of stuff in plain sight. I agree, Fel Knight. Uh, is there anything else that we are aware of that we should not tell Dave that is relevant to these chapters. I'm a fan of not telling him how things are pronounced until after he gets it wrong. I mean, if we want that fun, we can also just have Craig pronounce names anytime, even after we've told him how it's pronounced. <laughs> yep, it still applies. Craig, say Sivlak. There you go. Good job. Um, Let's see. Oh, we should keep an eye out for Anytime Kremlings show up, because as far as I can tell, whenever they're mentioned, 
there's about a least a 50% chance that it's actually a uh, an IMEan. Mm, right. Who is doing some spying on whatever's going on in the world. Hey, they're they're probably their own secret society, right? Oh god, please don't. Sorry. We'll add it to the second time. <laughs> um the explaining the mechanics of bridges is a request from Tavlakov here in the in the Discord and pass because I don't understand the mechanics of how those stupid bridges work. I just sort of accept I them. Do. I will try to explain it when we get there. Cool. I found I found I have some yet a separate too. diagram. Yeah, I found a diagram of the bridges. I found it on Pinterest, and I will make sure you guys see it. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, what do you want to bet that at some point Dave is going to make a a, a bridges as in Jeff, Bo, the other I'm members of that, that clan? Nope, not taking that one. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Um, all right. Do we have anything else? Because I feel like we're we're pretty well run dry. These chapters didn't really give us much to work with. They really. Just I feel like that's going to be a recurring theme until we start getting to the meat of the book. Like right now, we're in part one. We're just sort of introductions and getting, or at least our main characters of the book. I will point out that in the annotations, um, Brandon Sanderson has mentioned that Shallon is a new addition to this book. Originally, this was just going to be Kaladin's story, and we were going to follow him, and he was actually originally set up to be like Sen, or he was just a, a farm boy, not a bumpkin, but, you know, just a farm boy, typical protagonist, and he was going to do protagonist things, and it was super boring. So Sanderson's like, you know what? That's not my main character. We're going to kill off that character, and Kaladin is our main character. Oh, uh, he named him Sen uh, sort of on accident. He didn't mean to steal the name of a of a Wheel of Time character here. It just sort of happened. And then he realized it after. All right. So we get more Syl next week. So that'll be fun to get to actually learn her name. Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening.